Lord. And this year we're in a theme of reach, reach, raising eternal and community hope. We can ignite nations. We can impact a four state area. We can, we will, we must influence, change culture in a 20 mile radius of TWBC. And last week, as you're finding Luke 928, uh, we started our Christmas series, Who is Sam T. Cirque? And if you haven't noticed yet or you weren't here last week, that is Christmas spelled backwards. So the theme for this Christmas is, are we celebrating who we do not know? Are we worshiping uh, 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 who we do not know? Are we celebrating Christmas backwards? Have we got it backwards? And I'm really excited to uh, uh, give this word today along with Damon. It's going to be awesome. I've been, as you can tell, I've been uh, pretty excited and very uh, expectant for what God is going to do. Are you ready? Are you at Luke 9:28? All right, let's read the word, the best part. Amen. This is the transfiguration. The title for tonight's, today's sermon is Transformers, because we are transformers. Now, about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter, John, James, and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep but when they became fully awake they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him and as the men were parting from him Peter said to Jesus gotta love Peter master it is good that we are here let us make three tents one for you one for Moses and one for Elijah not knowing what he said as he was saying these things a cloud came and overshadowed them and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. Verse 37. On the next day. Everybody said next day. Which is Monday. Praise God. When they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him and behold grab hold of realize a man from the crowd cried out teacher i beg you to look at my son for he is my only child for some people christmas is the glory on the mountain but for a lot of people they need a miracle in the valley i'm preaching on the glory in the mountain and damon's going to preach on the miracle in the valley it's going to be awesome can we pray real quick all right father we need you God, without you, all of this is a waste. It's just a waste of our time without your presence. Father, I think that this is a service, not a performance. I'm not up here to perform for the congregation. I'm here to serve them the word of God. So, Father, I thank you that as we, as we are faithful to serve you, you are faithful to come through for us. Father, we thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders, and everything to come. Father, we thank you that the Cowboys won. It's been a while. Bless them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Does anybody have that friend uh, that always ruins a moment? <laughs> don't point. Don't point now. Uh, you, everybody has that friend that doesn't know when to, uh, in a nice way, be like Mary. If, if you were here, you know, just kind of not say anything, you know. If you don't have that friend, consider, you know, that you have one because we're friends and I am that person. It doesn't matter. Ever since I've been on staff here, I've ruined more moments. And Damon, and hey, Derek, Damon, everybody, Bonnie, you know. Y'all don't be lying now in the house of God. 
I've ruined more moments than there, that we have ever had. Because I don't know when to... Uh, that's a good word. Not say anything. I don't know when to not talk. Uh, we were up here for Festival of Plates, and uh, there were some people setting up. And I, I, I'm not very flexible, but I always seem to stick my foot in my mouth. I don't know how that works. I never took gymnastics or anything, so I really don't, like, especially with the pants I wear. But praise God. Um, so we were up here for Festival of Plates, and I was helping on Thursday, and there were some people come up, and they were setting up the cheesecakes. And I was like, oh, okay, like, I'm passing by. Like, I like to talk to people, so... I'm a people person, I'm an extrovert, so I'm gonna go talk to them. So I go up and I'm like, hey, you know, how y'all doing? That's awesome, thank you for the cheesecake. I'm gonna eat all of them. Y'all gonna have to get like a bunch more because I'm about to wreck shop on this cheesecake. And I was talking to the person that was setting up the cheesecake and they were talking about our freedom ministry. And they're like, oh, that's so cool that y'all do that. And they had a, like, a, like an accent. And so, and so, <laughs> I go to talk to them, and like, I'm like, oh, cool, like, where are you from? And they're like, uh, uh, Mount Pleasant. And so I was like, okay, like, I saw you pause there. Like, you, you must not be originally from Mount Pleasant. So I was like, okay, like, well, where are you originally from? Because I noticed you have an accent. And they were like, no, uh, I have a speech impediment. <laughs> and I was like, praise God. Joel, you need me? Uh, yeah, uh, I'll be there in a second, bro. Uh, need me to clean the toilet? I'm there. It seems like every time we get in scripture, there's, a, there's this moment that something's awesome going to happen. Peter comes in and like, let's build a tent. Let's build something. No, well, Peter, no, like chill, bro. Like, let's just hang out in the presence of God. You don't have to do anything. And I find this so funny because as soon as the glory came and they realized that Peter was like, all right, let's build a tabernacle. Because the glory was totally contingent on him building a tabernacle. No. Peter, you have nothing to do with this. You are just a holy bystander, you know? Like, you're just there to experience it. I find it funny that the same thing Peter did whenever the glory of the Lord showed up is the same thing my mom does when Caitlin's going to come home for, to visit for Christmas. Mom, plug your ears, please. And it's the, it is the worst thing ever. I'm going to tell you right now. I love my sister, love her to death, but, like, ugh. When she's coming home, like, it, it, it never fails. 24 hours before she's, her ETA is going to be here, mom was like, let's clean everything. Light the candles, you know, dust everything. Give Coco a bath. We got to straighten this up. Decorate. Do it all. I'm like, mom, she's family, you know, like she's not the Dalai Lama. She's not the Pope. This isn't President Trump. Like, chill. I, like, sh she is our blood. I shared a house with her in a womb. Like, we are twins. You don't do this for me. I've been, you know, chilling. It's no candles lit for me. I find it funny that when we expect somebody to come visit, we have to prepare a place. But when someone lives with us, we maintain a place. They don't have to prepare a place for me. Why? Because I live there. And in this text, Peter is saying, I've got to prepare a place. Why? Because he's not expecting the glory of the Lord to abide with him. If he was expecting the glory, which is defined as the manifest presence of God, if he was expecting that to abide with him, to live with him, he would have maintained a place instead of preparing a place. And what we realize is that when we are constantly trying to prepare a place for the Lord, what we are saying is that the place I have to give them doesn't measure up. I feel like the place inside of my heart isn't good enough, 
So I have to try and prepare a place for somebody who wants to stay. So instead of preparing a place, we should maintain a place. And I find it funny that Peter expects God to dwell in a tent, in a tabernacle, which is Old Testament. It's amazing that when something comes up and we freak out, our mind instantly shifts to the old way of thinking. Why do you think God doesn't show up in all his glory? Why? Because he wants you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, not by the degrading of your mind. You say, God, I want you to show up in glory. Are you ready? Because if he shows up in glory and you revert back instantly to what you've always done, you didn't get anything accomplished. The text says that Peter saw the glory, which is defined as the manifest presence of God, and he went into frenzy mode. He freaked out. I'm going to take a drink of water. In case you didn't notice. Peter was not expecting Jesus to abide with him. He's expecting him to visit him. And I'm so thankful I don't serve a God that just wants to visit me when it's convenient, even though I try to visit him when it's convenient. I'm so thankful I don't serve a God who just wants to visit me when it's good for him. I'm thankful that God is with me throughout it all. Because without that, I, <laughs> good luck, you know. I'm so happy he wants to stay and abide in a place that we maintain. There's this kind of trending verse in uh, Christianity, and it comes from, it, it's really trendy because there was a song came out, like, we go, from, I'm not, I can't sing, so it's like, we go from glory to glory. To, I was wanting y'all to sing, but that's cool. Uh, <laughs> 2 Corinthians 3.18, uh, it's where it comes from. We go from glory to glory, and we're so, Christians are weird sometimes, because, like, we love that verse, like, man, everything's been going crazy. And you're like, yeah, but I go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. I'm like, well, like your life's falling apart, dude. Like, can you get to that glory? Because you're in the two part right now. We love to say when everything's going crazy, we go from glory to glory. We're never backing down. We'll never regress. We go from glory to glory. And that's great and that's fine. Keep saying it. But when are you going to get to that glory? We love to say we go from glory to glory, but you're still stuck in the glory from 1970. You hadn't moved. And the key word of the gospel is go. You stayed in the same glory for too long. Don't let the glory go stale on you because the glory is somewhere else right now. We go from glory to glory. And we love to say that until we have to leave the glory we're currently in. Why? Because it tests our faith. Because it's easy to say, I go from glory to glory while you're in the glory. On the road to the glory, it gets a little iffy. It's hard to have faith when you're in that transition from glory to glory. But can you have faith in the transition knowing that he's going to get you to the destination? We go from glory to glory. And we have to realize that that glory it's going to be better than this glory. Can we have faith that that glory is better than the next glory? We have to take what was imparted on the mountain and activate it in the valley. There's a lot of people, not in this church, because if you're in this building, I'm not talking about you because you're amazing and I love you and you're blessed. There's a lot of spiritually obese Christians 
that they've been imparted into and imparted into and spoken words over and imparted into and given gifts and given uh, spiritual gifts and given callings and given talents and they sit back with it and never use it. How do you get obese? You take in, you take in, you take in, you take in and you never burn off. Never put out. We got a lot of people in the church today and I'm not, I don't get into the business of bashing churches but as a body of Christ we have to realize that God, what God has given you is not for you. What God has given you is for everybody else. It is not for you. It's for everyone else. We have to take what was imparted on the mountain and activate it in the valley. The glory on the mountain was for the miracle in the valley. In verse 37, it says, On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. On the next day, when the presents are all opened, the only rem reminder of Christmas is empty boxes and ripped up wrapping paper that you worked really hard on, and stockings on the ground, and kids crying because you didn't take the time to buy the right batteries, and <laughs> kids mad. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. This Christmas, don't forget them Duracells. I'm telling you. The trash can is full and your heart is empty. On the next day, on the next day, they came where? Down from the mountain. Remember, we go from glory to glory. They had to come down from the mountain. They had to go back to the same old job. They had to drive the same old car. They had to live the same old life. And they, the only thing Christmas did for them was to introduce some new gadgets and some old food. On the next day, on December 26th, as a church, who are we going to be? Because we put so much into this glory. And then on the next day, we got to come down from the mountain and it feels like it's no longer glorious. On the next day, a great crowd met him, and behold, shocker, a man with a problem. <laughs> yeah, shocker. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> behold, a mad customer at your job. Behold, someone yelling at you about something over the phone. Behold, a financial issue. Behold, a marriage problem. Behold, your depression. Behold, the glory has departed, so it seems, and you're left with the same issues. Behold, Christmas is over, and everything's the same. Behold, your kids are still fighting. Behold, your kid isn't playing with the one toy you spent all that money on and fought three grandmas at Black Friday for, and he's not playing with it. I spent that much money, and you're going to play with the box? Glory to God. Mm, I'm about to get spiritual all over your backside, son. Behold, behold, behold. And it's no wonder Peter wanted to set up a tent on the mountain. No wonder he wanted to stay in the moment. No wonder he wanted a dwelling place. Why? Because he wanted God to dwell there. He didn't want to go down to the mountain where the people were. No wonder you want to stay in your prayer closet that long. Why? Because when you get out, you got to deal with people. The cool thing about God is that you can't see him. So he doesn't, you know... Make you mad. But people, you can see them. And they will come against you. 
No wonder you want to wake up early and spend that much time in the Word. And I'm just praying, Holy Spirit falls, and I'm knocked out for as long as I can be because I don't want to deal with these people. It is impossible to love God without loving people. You can't do it. I've tried. It's not easy. It is impossible to love God and not love people. No wonder Peter wanted to stay on the mountain. No wonder when Christmas break gets here, you're ready for it to be over because you're ready to send them kids back off to school. No wonder you're ready for Christmas break to be over. Why? Because it feels like the glory has departed and there's food all over the walls and some kid has scribbled on the, the wall and there's other stuff everywhere. I don't have kids. I don't know. Sorry, guys. There's toys everywhere. Is that a thing? They unplugged their Xbox. I don't know. But following Jesus doesn't mean we try to stay on the mountain for the rest of our lives. I'm going to go off this real quick. You realize that we're not following a principle or a formula. We're following a man. So many people have tried to plug X's and O's and values and work God like he's a formula. He's not. He's a person. And you're not going to treat my Jesus like he's a formula or a process or a for, uh, uh, any of that stuff. No wonder he wanted to stay on the mountain. Because when we see a problem, God sees a chance to glorify the Father. Behold, a man with a problem. That's what the disciples said. What Jesus said is, behold, an opportunity to manifest my glory. Because a lot of the times the glory you're going to doesn't look like the glory you came from. They're on the mountain, and it's like, yes, Jesus, like you're dazzling white. And this is a Clorox commercial, and, and there's bleach everywhere, and it's beautiful. Your face is shining. There's Moses. There's Elijah. Oh, this is so cool. Can we stay here forever? And he's like, nope, let's go. Of course, they probably could have stayed there longer if Peter didn't say anything, but that's another sermon. We can't stay in one glory too long. Why? Because God's moving. Jesus is moving. And above all else, we don't follow signs. We don't follow miracles. We don't follow hype. We follow Jesus. We follow Jesus. When things are good, we follow Jesus. When things are bad, we follow Jesus. When I got a financial issue, we follow Jesus. When everything's falling apart, I follow Jesus. When that person's yelling at me, I follow Jesus. When this person lets me down, I follow Jesus. Why? Because my faith in him is bigger than their let down to me. I, Andy's got me. Amen. I, I should have told y'all, if you'd shout me down, I'd make this quick and easy. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we take the glory we have experienced, and we take it to the problems of everyday living. I'm about to wrap this up real quick. Uh, miracles happen when God's glory encounters humanity's problems. You cannot get a miracle unless there was a misery there. We read about the blind man at the pool and blind Bartimaeus and the dude with the lame leg and the guy on the mat that they held down. We forget that he was an actual person and he had to live blind. There was some misery there. But praise God, there was also a miracle there. If you get one thing out of this, this whole uh, 15, 20, 30 minutes, uh, this is what I want you to get and write it down and put it on your tree or your mirror and just look at it every time because this is what I believe Christmas should be about for us. This is what I believe this Christmas season should be for us and also your life, but for the sake of the sermon, Christmas. 
Christmas is about taking the time not to buy presents, not to, to, to do all this stuff. It's about taking the time to manifest God's glory when we see humanity's annoyances. Christmas is about taking the time to manifest God's glory when we see humanity's annoyances. When somebody cuts you off in the parking lot, it's time to display some glory and some grace. When, when it's Christmas Eve and you don't have the food already and you're missing that one ingredient, it's time to display the glory of God. It's time to manifest his presence. It's time to manifest his glory. Not for our glory, but his. It's time to manifest his glory in this Christmas season. I'll pray for you real quick. Father, bless them. If they get nothing else, remember, Father, impart this into your life, into their life. Christmas is about taking the time to manifest God's glory when we see humanity's annoyances. Father, do a work today like never before. We thank you for it. We love you. We praise you. We glorify you. And we thank you above all else. You love us. So, Father, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all give Corey a hand clap, man. That's good stuff. Before I dive in about the valley, down in a valley. Y'all remember that song? Nope. Okay. Um, let me get a, a couple students that I've asked to share, Mackenzie and Kaysen. Y'all give them a big hand clap as they come up here. Since T is for transformation, I, I know these two students, and uh, I love what God it, it has done and is doing. Remember, God is never a has God. He's an is God. And so we get too caught up in what he has done, we forget about what he's trying to do. And, and so these students not only have had some, uh, some encounters and moving forward, but I know they're not satisfied with just that one encounter. They're not satisfied with just that one mountaintop transformation, transfiguration moment. Amen? So uh, uh, let's give it up for uh, Mackenzie. Uh, Y'all give her a hand clap, man. And I know it's some of what she shared, but the young girl that I met four years ago, five years ago, is not the same young lady that I see now, and it's amazing to watch. You ready, girl? Awesome. God has given me boldness, and he has led me to do things bigger than I ever thought I could do. And a few weeks ago, he spoke words to me. He said, let the things of this world be suffocated out, and let us start breathing in a new oxygen. So me, as that shy girl, um, I was breathing in oxygen of fear and worry. And so then when I started stepping out in boldness, I started breathing in God's oxygen, and um, after that, I was set in just make sure you know where your oxygen is coming from. Good word. Good word. For those of y'all who didn't know, I'm Casey. Uh, when I was six, uh, my parents got divorced. Um, after that, I kind of shut out in the world. Um, I didn't talk to very many, very many people. Um, my feelings kind of just stayed inside. 
uh, but God has helped me to open out more and to give me boldness to actually speak what I'm actually thinking. And uh, when the divorce was happening, uh, my dad walked out, and he and all that was running through my mind was, where is he going, and when is he coming back? Uh, I'm gonna let y'all know, y'all dad is never gonna leave. Your dad is staying with you very much, and he's not gonna leave you. In fact, he wants you to leave from the situation you're in because he wants to stay closer to you because no one should ever be alone. This is just two of about 300 students that we see on a day-to-day -day basis. Y'all give them a big hand clap. Come on now. Encourage them a little bit. I wish we had time to allow every student over there that would share and wants to share to share because the stories that we get to witness and hear will change your mind on what, not only what you're going through, but what is coming up in your life. And speaking of which, we're going to speak about the valley. Y'all remember in the 80s there was valley girls? Anybody remember that? <laughs> Some of y'all been in a valley so long you just take ownership there. Some of y'all been in the valley so long you've got homes set up, you've got bank accounts set up, you've got worlds set up, but I want to tell you something that most preachers are not going to say. I think that's an okay thing because you don't meet the unbeliever, you do not meet those that are struggling up on the mountaintop. Where do you meet them? In the valley. And so, and so when we set up residence, our calling may not take place on the, on the mountain. Our encounter takes place on a mountain, but our calling takes place in the valley. And, and so there, there's such a great thing when it comes to the valley. I'm going to read real quick. Uh, Mark 9, 17 through 29. Y'all love your Bible? Yeah. Good deal. Like four people do. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and someone from the crowd answered him. Of course, this is when Jesus and, and the three have made their way down. They, they've made their way down and, and walk right into their calling. Walk right into life. You know, you don't get to escape. Students don't get to stay at camp. They do not get to stay at Rage. They do not get to stay at Radiate. You do not just have to stay here at church. You have to encounter the valleys in order to live. Correct? Someone from the crowd answered him, Jesus, teacher, I brought to you my son. He has a spirit that makes him mute. And when it seizes him, it throws him down and foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out. Ain't it just like us? To ask a man of God something instead of asking the God of the man. So I asked the disciples to cast it out, and they, were, and, and they were not able to. Shocker. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? He knew what was coming, of course. How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, come on, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. Look at your neighbor, said, that's no way to, 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 to grow up. And it said to him, and, and then this is where we, we do so often, check this out. And he cast him, and it, it often cast him out of, in, into fire, into water, and, and trying to destroy him. But listen, 
But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now, Jesus, my Jesus, I believe he kind of had a righteous indignation moment. He says, if I can, hold up. You know, you're the one that brought this to me. You know, we're the ones bringing our, our issues, our problems, our, our inadequacies, our failures, our mistakes. See, we're the ones that bring that to him. And often we come to him, the creator of the universe, and go, if you can, please take this from me. And Jesus, you know he's sitting in the throne room and going, Damon, really? If? I thought you knew me. I thought you knew I was a good, good father. And, and so he says, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes, for he who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out. See, we play a part in this and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, See, some of us are right at the, the point of our miracle. But then we start seeing the earthquake. We start seeing the, the thing just start to even seem like it's worse. Some of you are so close to having a better relationship with your spouse. But uh, before that, you know what the enemy's going to do. He's got a last uh, gasp effort. He's kind of like, you know, when Hulk Hogan would be. Anybody ever watch wrestling? Okay, I know y'all are lying. We ain't in church. And, and you remember when Hulk... When Hulk Hogan was down. <laughs> and man, this dude's been beat up for a solid three rounds. And all of a sudden. Come on. Come on. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, no matter what you do to him, you can't hurt him. They're hitting him with chairs. They're coming off the top ring rope. The enemy's throwing financial problems at you. The enemy's throwing things at you. The world is trying to throw hate at you. The, the gossipers are having a field day. And, and all you got to do is just have that kind of, you know, something's going to, I don't know what's happening. It may kind of feel a little bit rough. And before long, you start to find yourself you remember they hit him when he's standing up, and it's almost like he likes it. <laughs> I want to tell you something. The enemy is throwing everything that he can, everything that he can at you. And it's got to get to a point where you just go, <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> is that, oh, <laughs> so you're just going to. Just going to throw that at me. Okay, that's cute. That's cute. And move on. Like, I'll take that and I'll raise you the stakes of Jesus. I'll raise you what's about to happen because I know what's about to happen. Now listen to this. After crying out convulsively terribly, he came out. It came out. The boy was like a corpse. So the most of them said, oh, look, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand. So he takes things that look dead. Come on, church. He takes things that look like they fail to operate anymore. He takes people who seem like they're broken and busted and disgusted. He takes them and he says, no. There you go. There you go. Now walk it out. Now walk it. Okay. <laughs> but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he 
arose. And then he had entered the house. His disciples asked to him privately. Now listen. Jesus, why couldn't we not cast that out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. I believe it's not by chance. Guess who is starting a church-wide fasting next week? Say I. Say you. Look at your neighbor say you are. Look at your other neighbor say your hair looks good. We're starting one. I don't think it's by chance. Begin to pray about what you're going to choose to fast. See, everybody goes immediately to food. Uh, honestly, you can fast a lot of things. You fast something that you wake up in in the morning and go, I got to have it. For some of you, it's social media. For some of you, it's food. For some of you, it's caffeine. Some of y'all just got mad when I said that. <laughs> some of you, it's coffee. Come on now. I say that because I don't drink coffee and it makes it easier on me. But I... The one thing that we've got to see, just like what he said, in order to have anything that is worth it, there has got to be a cost. You, you, you do not walk into this lifestyle, and, and, and as good as God is, as amazing as Jesus is, you do not walk into this lifestyle and not have to prioritize your living. He's that good. He's going to accept your offerings. But what would change in your life if you upped your offerings? If you would up, not, I'm not talking financially. I'm talking about your life. See, when you're walking in the valley, do we have that picture of a valley? That would be amazing if we do. As they're trying to get it. If they can't get it, it's okay. All right. Y'all see this? See, the mountain looks great. But to us, when you're in the valley, when you're in the valley, the mountain may look un unobtainable. When you're in the valley, it looks like everything is pointing down to you. It looks like you sit there and then you start comparing your life to others and go, see, they're so much higher than I am. Why can I not be there? I want to tell you something about the mountaintop. The mountaintop is an amazing place. If you have not had an encounter to see Jesus himself and change your life, I am praying right now that today be that day that you get an encounter with him. And, and just like Peter did prior to this, you say, you are my Messiah. I know everybody says this and everybody says that, but you, as for me, you or my Messiah. And I'm praying you get a mountaintop experience. But here's the thing. We dread the mountaintop because we know it means walking through the valley. We're not meant to set up uh, uh, stakes and housing on the mountain because we're called to so much more. See, I want to be in a place where I can help others achieve their goals, right? Is that kind of why we're in this place? Is kind of why we're on, on, on this God's beautiful place of earth? It's where we could change lives. You're not going to encounter them that need a touch on the mountain. You're going to encounter them in the middle of the valley. Some of you are fighting about the fact that it seems like you've been left alone and you feel like you're not only in a valley, you're in a pit of the valley. 
But I want to challenge you with something. Know that you can make your way up. However, have you done what you've been called to do while you're supposed to be in the valley? See, it, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things with, mis- I know we got missionaries where our church is awesome at sending people everywhere, but I think it breaks the heart of God to go to another country, to go to another state, to go to another county, to go to another uh, home, when we know good and well people in our home are hurting. When we know people that are side by side, house to house with me in the valley, I know they're hurting, so what does that say about us when we leave them to go have an encounter with him? See, even Jesus came off the mountain. Even Jesus had the, uh, the transfigure. Imagine Jesus. He's finally got to show his clique. He's finally got to show his squad, I am who I say I am. You're going to see me change bright white. You're going to see prophets of old. You're going to see things that you've never seen before. However, there's a time coming when we've got to leave the mountaintop and go to the valley. Today in this place, you have an opportunity to excel in the valley in order to walk up the mountain. See, we're never meant to stay in a place to where it's, it's a constant. And what we'll do, let me have some students. Jacob, come over here. Uh, Peyton, come over here. Price, I would ask you, but it would be a little bit harder. Uh, Case and whoever's over. Y'all come over here. I want you to get up here. I want you to get up there. Y'all just stretch your hands out towards them if you would. Now, here's what we do. We're in the valley. We're in the valley living life, things aren't necessarily going bad because, listen, there's water in the valley. You watch those survival shows, they don't go, let us go all the way up to the mountain and live. (laughs) No, it's just the opposite. They go down because that's where water is. That's where lush vegetation is. That's where people are. And, and, And so, so often we're sitting there, and instead of seeing Jesus as the mountaintop, we oftentimes go, Kaysen! Jacob, Peyton, I see you are on the mountain, so I must want to be like them. The day and the time where you sit there and go, I want to be like Pastor Damon or Pastor Corey or Pastor Joel, Pastor Jeff or whoever. I want to tell you something, just like Jesus went through, there's times where Jesus has got to step on the scene. It can no longer be done by man's hands. There's a time where he has got to go, let's get this done and over with. I know you seem dead, young lady. I know you seem dead, young man. I know your marriage seems broken. I know things around you have gone awry. I know what the doctor's report says. I know what's going on in your life. However, I call things that are dead to be alive. We've got to quit comparing ourselves with others when we should be complimenting each other and comparing ourselves with him. These guys complete me. They don't compete with me. Y'all sit down. Thank y'all. If we could have the worship team come up.
as they're coming, uh, I, I do want to say real quick, uh, Pastor Joel is ministering uh, and, and this morning, so continue to keep him lifted. Uh, Pastor Jeff is spending some family time. Uh, Pastor Mitch had a throat surgery, uh, had tonsils and adenoids and some other noids. And <laughs> it said adenoid, so I added annoyed. But, but they're out, and, and so continue to keep them lifted. Uh, <laughs> all right, anointing, come back. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mountains are for encounters. The valley is for life. Last week, Pastor Jeff talked about hope, uh, being carriers of hope. I want to tell you something that should be our, our, our understanding of why we go to mountaintops, how we go to mountaintops. I can tell you for Peter, James, and John, there was a thing called hope that propelled them up that mountaintop. They had a hope because Jesus singled them out, and Jesus is singling you out today too. He says, come on, come on. Now, you knew, they knew it was going to be something special, or he would have said, everybody come on up. He said, come on up. I, I, I've got something to show you. So they, they were carriers of hope. And they were carriers of hope not just going to the mountaintop, not just at, at, before the encounter and during the encounter. They became carriers of hope after the encounter. One of the things that is our biggest challenge in student ministry is providing energy but not emotion. And we, the way we do altar calls, we don't do emotional altar calls. We tell them to find us afterwards. Because I feel like that a lot of times, you know, you get saved because everybody else around you got saved. And, and of course, that's not going to get you far in, in when you're in the bottom of the valley. Yeah. When, when, when the enemy has thrown you down and you seem as though dead. The emotion, the encounter, the mountaintop experience... It's meant to keep you, not attract you. See, so we're meant to have these mountaintop experiences and, and, and have enjoyment in the moment, but we're never supposed to go to a place to, I can't wait for the another mountaintop experience. Because there's a whole life to be lived. There's whole valleys to wander. There's whole places that we've got to change and see changed for his glory. I know it's probably not what y'all were going to do. Can y'all do beautiful name again? You ain't got your guitars. Is that okay? Okay. Because his name. Is so much greater than the pain. The Holy Spirit showing me some things if. Uh, it's on this side. Uh, if you have ringing in your ears, who has ringing in their ears? Okay, all right, good deal. All right. Is there a guy over here that does? Okay, all right, right here. Is there anybody else that has ringing in their ears? Okay. All right, if, if, if they raise your hand, could you put your, if you're around them, could you put your hand on them? That'd be great. 
Raise your hands again real quick. Because I believe you're fixing to get healing from it. Yeah. Holy Spirit, I thank you right now. For some of you, that it's even deeper than just ringing. It's the world screaming into your ears that, that you're not worth it, that you're broken, that you're messed up. And so right now, I speak to those uh those eardrums and, and those things that are that are uh, make a perfect ear. And if that ear and the, the inner ear is not right, I think you right now you begin to repair it in a way that only you can. You're the one that made it so you can repair it. And so I thank you right now that, that you move on their behalf, that you show them a new and a fresh way that only, only you can do. Thank you, Father. Who's having issues with their sciatic nerve? Y'all just keep your hands up. Let's go through some healing stuff real quick. Um, I, I, I don't know what this thing is. I, I know Price is having some stomach issues. Is anybody else having, like, uh, stomach? Okay. Stomach issues? Okay. Somebody's right foot clicks when you walk. Who's that? Okay. Yeah. All right, if they've got their hands up, please uh, put your hands on them. Holy Spirit, right now, by the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, I ask you to step in on their behalf. I thank you, Father, that you are a healer among healers, that you are our doctor among doctors. And I thank you for that right now, that we see healing in sciatic nerves. We see healing in ankles. We see healing in all, all areas that you are doing so, so much and so awesome in these areas. I thank you for that. We praise you for that. Stomach issues, I thank you they're gone in the name of Jesus right now. Right now. This week in, in Rage, we spoke about Mephibosheth. He was a, the crippled son of Jonathan. David loved Jonathan. Jonathan passed away, and so David wanted to repay his love. The only way he could is, is be a Mephibosheth. And I believe some of you are in a Mephibosheth type of setting. It, you're crippled. Some of the fear is crippling you. Life circumstances are crippling you. Hate, unforgiveness are crippling you. Questions are, unforgiving, uh, are, are crippling you. Your mistakes are, are crippling you. And I believe today is a day much like what David did. I believe that there's some of you going to get carried to the table of God. Yeah. And for this one, I'm going to ask for a lot of boldness. If you're feeling crippled, just stand up where you're at. If you're feeling broken, just stand up where you're at. Thank you. Thank you.
Come on, stretch your hands out towards them. I believe like, like this past week, we actually had students tell me they felt Jesus picked them up and began to carry them. And so I believe that for you, you in this room right now. Holy Spirit, right now, right now, right now. Give them healing in that area that, that they have found to cripple them. Give them healing in this area that, it, that is, true, that is pr tr providing truth from the world instead of providing truth from you. I thank you right now, right now, that those chains be gone, that they know a hope and a restoration that only you can give. Today be a day unlike any other. As they get picked up, even right now, as they get carried to the table of God, I thank you right now that Holy Spirit, you give them a gift you give them spiritual gifts right now to get them through this situation, to let them see a hope and a future that only you can give because you alone are a carrier of hope. We speak to that doctor's report. We speak to that divorce that's, that's trying to be pending. We speak to that child that's not lining up for the word of God. We speak to those in your workplace that are causing dissension. We speak to those things that only you can control. And we ask you to step in on their behalf right now in the name of Jesus. Yeah. See, I'm purposely not having people come up this morning for, for uh, altar ministry because I don't want it to be jaded by a man or a woman. I want you to understand that there is a God who loves you so much he will change the very evolution of your life. 